E-S-N-Y. episode of the Hoops Addicts Anonymous podcast, an elite sports NY production with your host for the evening, Jeff Campbell. The draft is a little over a week away. Uh, We've had some really good episodes in the past talking about prospects like Jared Butler, Davion Mitchell, Zaire Williams, just to name a few. Uh, Very pumped to talk about a prospect coming out of Texas tonight. Uh, 20-year-old Kai Jones, a big man, 6'11", 7'1", wingspan. The statistics don't necessarily jump out at you, but there is a lot to like about this young man's game. To help me break down Kai's game, um, I'm very pleased to have from the SB Nation affiliate, uh, Burnt Orange uh, Nation website, team site producer, Westcott Everts. Westcott, what's going on? Thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jeff. Uh, happy to talk about Kai Jones. You know, definitely um, a guy who kind of, you know, jumped off the screen to me when I was doing my evaluation. And so, you know, it's been nice to see his improvement and, and some of the buzz surrounding him heading into the NBA draft. Uh, for sure. And and I think that's the, the exact first place I want to start. Um, just a real general, quick, easy question about Kai. What was your first thought, you know, unfiltered, when you saw Kai play, just kind of your first thoughts that that came out watching his game. Yeah, just the uh, the the athleticism, you know, the the movement abilities. Um, he was a guy coming out of the Bahamas who um, was originally a track standout and had kind of came to basketball late, like had kind of a late growth spurt, uh, but didn't really lose, you know, that ability to really just jump off in terms of the way that you know he moves around the basketball court and you know not just. Uh, you know, his elevation, but just uh, the speed that he has getting up and down the court as well. Yeah, I, that definitely jumps out uh, for me as well. And interestingly enough, if you look at Texas, they, they kind of have this interesting history of, of putting out some pretty decent big men uh, in the past five to 10 years, whether it's Jared Allen, uh, Miles Turner is probably the best example the book is certainly not uh, closed yet on Jackson Hayes and, and Mo Bamba. They've had some struggles here and there. How do you think Kai compares to those players? And does he have a chance to be the best pro out of the bunch? Yeah, I, I really think that uh, Kai's a little bit different because, you know, I see him as, as most likely a four. You know, I, I think he could play some five in the NBA. I think, you know, there's a possibility that, you know, if, if a team has a big lineup, you know, most teams that have really kind of, you know, gone away from having a guy at, at 6'11", you know, at the three. But, you know, I think that's certainly a possibility for him with uh, the ability that he has off the bounce. Um, you know, I would say I, I still think, you know, probably Turner is the best and Jared Allen, I, I think it's still, you know, scratching its surface. But, you know, in terms of raw upside, you know, coming out of college, I think, you know, Kai Jones is definitely, he's definitely up there with those guys. And, and I think, you know, he's maybe, he's a little bit more skilled, especially you know, compared to someone like Jackson Hayes, who's not really, you know, a ball handler, or, you know, Mo Bamba, not really a ball handler either. Um, and, and so I think that's what, you know, really sets him apart is that, you know, Kai Jones is a guy who can get a rebound and really lead, you know, the fast break and, and be able to finish. You know, he's he's got 
um, a pretty good Euro step. And, yeah. you know, he's a guy who's, I, I think, uh, you know, one of the better shooters out of that group uh, coming out as well. I think, you know, probably Miles Turner was the best, uh, you know, with Mo and with, um, with Jared Allen, it was a little bit more about upside, you know, Kai last year shot, um, you know, 38.2% um, from three, which was a jump of almost 10 uh, percentage points from his freshman year. So I think, you know, he's, he's got more proven ability there than, um, than those other guys had coming out of college with the exception of Miles Turner. That's it. And you mentioned his shooting and that's absolutely something that I wanted to touch on a lot of mock drafts like his upside as a potential shooter. And as you mentioned, he did shoot 38% from three. The sample size was limited. Do you buy him as a floor spacer at the next level? I know some people that criticize this shot say that, you know, maybe there's not great arc or lift on it. Sometimes he may lean back a little bit on his jumpers. Um, he does no matter what seem like a project, but ultimately do you think he gets there as a floor spacer, as a big in the NBA? The thing that concerns me a little bit is the free throw shooting. Um, you know, he, he got better as a sophomore, you know, he's, he still shot, you know, under 70%. If he was, if he was up over 70%, you know, 73, you know, to 75%, I, I would feel better about it. Um, you know, one thing that I, I liked about what Kai did last year was that, um, you know, his shot selection was good. And so I think that's something that translates, you know, he was a guy um, who played at, um, you know, he played on a really loaded high school team. And so, you know, he's a guy who was used to, you know, playing a, a specific role. And, you know, at Texas that, you know, came about last year as, you know, really wanting to take shots when he was in rhythm. I, I think he probably even, you know, passed up some, some pretty good looks at, you know, at the NBA level, you might say, you know, depending on, you know, how he develops it, you might say that, you know, you'd like to see him to take those. Um, but I, I think just the shot selection and, and understanding what the game plan was for him and what Texas wanted for him, I, I think that's something that, that bodes well for his development. I, and, uh, you know, the, the role that he played um, at Texas and his skill set, when I try and kind of forecast what he's going to do at the NBA. His skill set just seems like it's tailor-made for a role player that can have an impact right away. When you think about somebody who's a rim runner, somebody who can really uh, be a terror on a fast break, um, would you like to see him drafted to a contender? Now that might limit his upside in terms of his overall potential, or would you rather him get drafted to a team that uh, maybe isn't as good can be maybe a little bit more invested in his development and have him play 20 to 25 minutes a night, work through his mistakes. Ultimately, what do you think would be the best situation for him? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, I, I think kind of, you know, when you ask me that, the guy that really comes to mind is, is Mo Bamba because, you know, he was playing behind, um, you know, Nikola down in, down in Orlando and just didn't really have very many John, yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan Isaacs too. And so I think that was kind of a situation where, you know, I'm not really sure what Orlando was doing when they drafted him, like what they thought the plot, the path to playing time, you know, looked like for, uh, for Mo down there in Orlando. And so I think no matter what situation he ends up in, you know, I, I think that the team needs to have a really strong conception of, 
you know, where he fits. I would even throw, you know, Jackson Hayes was a little bit like that, where, you know, they draft him in the same draft class with Zion and he doesn't project as a shooter. Zion's not a shooter. So then, you know, how are you going to play those two guys together in a space and pace NBA game now? And that, so that didn't seem like that was necessarily, you know, really a great fit. And, you know, I think the shooting might come around for Jackson eventually. He's a better free throw shooter um, in college than, um, you know, than Kai Jones was. But, you know, you know, I think with, whichever way it goes, whether, you know, it's a team that's really, you know, trying to rebuild and, and maybe sees, you know, Kai Jones is a guy who could be, you know, maybe like a second or a third option as a scorer, you know, in a few years or, or whether, you know, it's, it's a more specific role. I just, what I hope for him is that, that, you know, the franchise is better run than the magic and that they have a better conception of, of what they really want out of him and how he's going to fit because, you know, otherwise it's, it's going to really, you know, delay his development. And, and he's a guy who, you know, needs a fair amount of that as a pretty raw prospect right now. Yeah, no, I can, I can definitely see that as well. And, and you see that a lot in the NBA where there's guys with that clearly have this huge potential. They're drafted somewhere, maybe the front office or the coaching staff gets let go. And then it's like, um, what's going to be the plan to develop this kid going forward? Um, another thing about Kai that I'm, I'm very interested in that I wasn't able to find a, a whole bunch of information on is to what extent do you know or that you've heard or read what type of teammate is he? Um, you know, how does he respond to coaching, work ethic, things like that? Um, how do you think, you know, Kai projects in those areas? Yeah, I think he projects really well in those areas. Um, you know, when I was kind of preparing for this, I was thinking back to a question that, you know, I asked Shaka Smart after a game this year. And, um, you know, I think it was just about, you know, uh, kind of, you know, trying to push him to be a little bit of a more consistent rebounder, which is something that, you know, kind of kind of came and went with him. And, and you know, Shaka told me, you know, he was just talking about, you know, really the unbelievable spirit you know, that, that Kai has as a teammate. And, you know, so I think he's a guy who got on really well with his teammates. Um, I think he's a guy who has, you know, just seen, you know, the jump that he took from his freshman to his sophomore year, you know, you could see it like in, in some of the, um, you know, the clips that, that he was putting out during the off season, you know, he, he definitely, he worked really hard. He had an understanding of, of what he was trying to accomplish. And, um, you know, I, I think that that's one of the reasons why, there's so much upside for him is because, you know, the, the mental makeup and, and who he is off the court, um, you know, are, are just going to be a positive for him moving forward. I think. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I think your point is really well taken and it's, it's something I kind of had to wrestle with when I was starting to research Kai, because basically most of the mock drafts that I've read have him pretty high. Like most of them, I would say have him going, getting drafted before 20. But when I started watching the tape, I was like, wow, like there's a lot that he needs to work on, you know, whether it's like from, you know, an awareness standpoint or, um, you know, strength, you know, getting kind of bullied around in the post, things like that. Like, of course, the athleticism is there, but I kind of have to keep reminding myself that uh, at least from what I've read, he he's I think he's only been playing basketball since 2017 and um, I think he, he had like a very big growth spurt too. Like he was six, eight and then shot up, you know, three inches, like a couple of years ago or something like that. So not only is he like really, really just like 
really scratching the surface of what he can do, but he's also getting to learn how to play within his body, which I think is definitely an adjustment as well. Um, with that being said, you know, what do you think is the biggest improvement area that he needs to focus on when he gets drafted? Say day one, you know, uh, when he gets into the facility, what does he really need to work on? Yeah, I think, you, you know, you kind of brought it up. I think just, you know, an understanding of, you know, of, of defensive awareness, um, you know, coordination level, you know, just kind of figuring out, you know, where all the parts of his body are at any given time. I, I think it's still, you know, an ongoing process, but you know, I, I think, you know, really for him, it, it's just, it's just reps, you know, and, and playing time. And, and so I think, you know, that's the upper end of, of the projections for him are really about how quickly he can improve just because he's still so new to basketball and he's still, you know, so raw in, in all of those different ways. And, you know, so I'm not sure that there's necessarily, you know, really one, one specific area that, that I would say, but, you know, I think just understanding some of the, you know, the intricacies of the game and, you know, defensive, defensive positioning, you know, what they, what they want him to do defensively in, in terms of being able to, you know, switch and, and stay in a stance. But, you know, I mean, he, I think he really has tremendous upside, you know, as a defender just because of his athleticism. Um, another thing that I wanted to ask you, you know, some college players are held back sometimes by whether it's the offensive or defensive schemes that the coaches choose to implement. Uh, do you think that that was the case at all with Kai or, or do you think that, um, you know, Shaka, when he was there, utilized him appropriately and, and gave him kind of length and leeway to kind of, you know, work through everything at Texas? Yeah, I, I didn't really have any, any usage problems um, with Kai when he was at Texas. Um, you know, there may be a little bit of bias because I was, I think I, I had more respect probably for Shaka Smart and, and what he was trying to do than, you know, a lot of fans did and then probably even some of the other, you know, writers on the Texas beat. But, you know, as I, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I, I thought, you know, Kai really had an understanding of, of what they wanted him to do. And, you know, he, he worked within that. And I, I think for where he was in his development and how he fit in the team, I, I think that was pretty appropriate for him. Gotcha. Um, a couple more, Westcott, before uh, we finish up. I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about the outlook for the Texas men's basketball program, obviously transitioning um, into a, a new coach. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Chris Beard came from uh, Texas Tech, right? Yep. So what, you know, what do you think um, is the outlook going forward? I know a lot of people are very high on Chris Beard. I know that that test Texas Tech program has had a lot of pros that's come out um, in, in recent years. Um, just in terms of differences that you think you'll see from a, a Shaka Smart led uh, team to a Chris Beard led team, what do you think is, is going to be the outlook going forward? Yeah. Um, I think the number one thing that probably stands out, but you know, the, the biggest decision that Chris Beard made in his coaching career was going to the no middle defense that his assistant Mark Adams, you know, had, had kind of used a little bit in previous stops and, and really going all in on that. And so now you see, you know, that, that, that style of defense has taken off. That's what Baylor used, you know, to win a national championship. And, you know, so I think Beard's ability to be able to run that system in the same way without Adams, who is really, you know, the architect 
of it and, and did a lot of the, you know, the preparation and, and the scouting for their uh, defensive game plans on, on a game to game basis. Um, I, you know, that was something that I wrote about at, at BON as, as, you know, kind of a major question mark for Beard because that was, you know, really the, the single decision that, that launched his, you know, coaching career as someone who, you know, done a good job of, of putting together rosters with a lot of transfers and, and um, you know, being able to, to have that roster churn and still produce good results. But, you know, that that's the biggest thing that I think has, you know, changed him from, you know, being a guy who had, had bounced around to somebody, you know, who was in a position to return to Texas where he was a student assistant. Um, you know, I think he's recruited really well. You know, this is kind of a perfect timing for him with the new transfer rules to come in because there's so many more transfers available, more guys who are younger, you know, who don't have to sit out a year if they transfer. And, you know, he's, he's really taking advantage of that by putting together a, a coaching staff that's known for their recruiting ability, including Jaron Howard from, um, from Kansas, you know, who was a top recruiter for Bill Self for a number of years. Um, so, you know, the roster that they put together um, is really impressive. And, you know, what Beard has always done well, is, as I mentioned, is that he's been able to fit players into his system, even though they haven't, you know, they don't have any experience playing together. And, you know, for a team that has, you know, a bunch of guys who have averaged between, you know, like 15 and, and you know, up almost 20 points a game, you know, that's something that's that's going to be an adjustment. Those guys aren't going to have the ball as much. Um, they're not going to be relied on, um, you know, to score as much as they were at previous stops. You know, from Marcus Carr, the guard from Minnesota, Timmy Allen, you know, at Utah, Dylan Disu, um, who was at Vanderbilt, uh, Trey Mitchell uh, from UMass. And, and so those guys are going to have to fit into – you know, the team framework uh, for Beard. And, um, you know, we'll see how the motion offense goes. It, it's probably not my preferred offense at this point, even though, you know, I grew up watching the, you know, the Bill, uh, sorry, the Bruce Weber Illinois team was, you know, probably my favorite team that I grew up watching that lost to UNC. And that was, you know, um, the motion offense. I, I think it, it's not the easiest offense to install and to be able to get quick shots, but, um, you know, right now, the early returns on, on Chris Beard have, have been really positive, and there's a level of excitement around the Texas basketball program that, you know, I don't think has really existed, um, you know, probably in the last 15 years. If you had to forecast, um, obviously, there was a lot of success under, you know, the, the Rick Barnes era. What, how long or how many years do you think it'll take um, for Beard to build that program back up to where they're kind of really – up at the top he's got the roster to do it right now and you know that's that's the expectation that that he set for himself you know that's something that he has a lot of experience with uh, you know he hasn't been shy about you know talking about wanting to win right away and you know I think the the connections that um, you know he has on on his coaching staff to the state of Texas are going to be really you know positive you know Shaka Smart didn't really recruit particularly well in Texas, even though he had Jay Lucas on his staff for a couple of years, they picked up, you know, a big uh, point guard commitment over the weekend and a, a five-star prospect out of Dallas, Arterio Morris. Um, so they have him in place. Um, you know, they're in a really good position with two other excellent guards out of the state of Texas. So, you know, I, I think if it's, if it's going to happen for Beard, he, he plans on it happening quickly. And, um, you know, he's got the right players in place for that to happen. And, 
um, you know, the trajectory looks good on the recruiting front as well. Westcott, what do you think when you um, overall, when you evaluate Kai's game, is there any uh, former player from Texas or current player in the NBA that you feel like he reminds you of, or maybe, you know, a player who he can model his game after in terms of kind of, you know, seeing how he can fit in in the future? Yeah. Huh. There's not really anyone. It's not really anyone who's come out of Texas um, who his game really reminds me of. I'm trying to think if there's, I'm not sure there's anyone really, you know, in the NBA either. And I, I think that's one thing that, that makes him, you know, really appealing is that, you know, he has a unique skill set, um, you know, for his size. You know, he's obviously, you know, not the score and the bucket getter that somebody like Kevin Durant was. I mean, one of the greatest scorers of all time. I, I think you can pretty, pretty much say right now, but, you know, just for somebody with his, with his height, I mean, he's, he's a better athlete than, than Duran is. And so just to have, you know, his speed and his combination of, of length and athleticism, but, you know, enough coordination that, you know, he can, you know, he has that developing Euro step. He has, you know, Shaw well from three, you know, has that developing, you know, mid range jumper, you know, I think, um, he has some really unique qualities um, about his game that if, that if he can maximize them, then um, you know there aren't very many aren't very many players in, in the world who have you know that type of skill set. Westcott, last one before we wrap up. You obviously know the Big Twelve really well. Um, I was fortunate enough to talk with uh, Jerome Tang, who's one of the assistant coaches over at Baylor. We spoke a lot about Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler. Um, if you take Cade Cunningham out of the equation, which player did you watch play against Texas this year that uh, impressed you most and you're really looking forward to seeing, you know, where they're drafted and, and how their NBA career plays out? Mitchell, for sure. Okay. Yeah, just love the toughness that he has. You know, good shooter, but just, you know, really – you know, sets the tone for your team defensively on the perimeter and uh, just, just overall, man. Yeah. Really like the way that, that Davion Mitchell plays. And, you know, I know that there are some concerns about him because, you know, he's a little bit older, but yeah, man, that guy's, he's got that dog mentality and that, you know, any, any team that he's on, that's going to make them better. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting too, because I was a little lower uh, than on him. And speaking to uh, Coach Tang completely turned me around. Some of the intangible stories that he told about his work ethic, his leadership, it was like next level stuff. And I was, I just came away convinced that it really doesn't matter where he gets drafted. He's going to be really successful and the team is just going to be better because he's on it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, well, listen, uh, Westcott, I want to thank you so much for coming on today and talking Kai Jones with me. Before we finish up, just want to give you a chance. If there's anything that you're working on right now, I know you're probably knee deep in football season uh, and super excited for that. Uh, I always tell myself I'm going to get a little bit more into college football every year. Sometimes I, I struggle with it a little bit. I kind of grew up a Notre Dame fan, but okay. I don't really have a super strong allegiance anywhere, but I do love watching the games. Uh, but if there's anything you're working on now that you want to promote, if you can tell the people listening where they can find your work and where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely have a lot of, um, you know, uh, basketball content coming up for the NBA draft. Texas has, 
you know, a number of guys besides Kai Jones, Greg Brown, Jericho Sims, you know, not sure if Matt Coleman would be selected, but, you know, guys who will be kind of more in that second round mix. So we'll have um, scouting reports on them up at Burn Orange Nation. And uh, if anybody wants to follow me on Twitter, uh, that's, you know, at SBN underscore Westcott, W-E-S-C-O-T-T. And uh, thanks for having me on, man. Enjoy talking Kai Jones today with you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and for sure, you will be my Texas Connect going forward if, if there are guys coming out. Um, I'm a Knicks fan, too. So if we manage to draft, um, you know, one of the other two guys, you know, Jericho or Greg, I will absolutely be reaching out as well to see if we can get a nice scouting report on them, too. Yeah, well, should be should be some uh, NBA prospects coming through out of this transfer group as well over the next couple of years. All right, sounds good. Um, well, thanks again for coming on, and to everybody listening, we hope everybody is staying safe, and we will talk to you soon.